Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. With charges being brought against them for the death of the ancestors at Golden Sands, the attorneys do their best to defend themselves against Judge Jessica Felcher and the Court of Serenity. However, the case does not go their way, and Jessica offers them one last chance to prove their innocence, using trial by combat. The attorneys accept, and Gary's innocence is proven as he does battle with Paluma. However, Thomas Phelps is not so lucky. After falling in battle, he is declared guilty, and Judge Jessica gives him two options. He refuses to choose, and so, Jessica banishes him back to Eastern Orgea for 11 seasons. With court concluded, Thomas, Gary, and Ostrogon reconvene and decide to defy Thomas' sentence, heading west toward Mallowan Shores, while Judge Jessica Felcher watches from inside the court of Serenity. I do declare, Your Honor is back in session. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We see a battered Gary, Thomas, Ostrogon, Tony, and Popcorn riding west through the sandy desert in the twilight hours of Saturday, the 20th of fall. You struggle to keep your eyes open as Tony and Popcorn drag their hooves through the sand. Gary, off in the distance, over a sand dune, you think you see some sort of rooftop. Yeah, Thomas, you see that? What? What, Gary? What are you looking at? I think we're coming across a... New place. You're delirious, Gary. You don't see anything. I have dark vision, Thomas. I can see it. Oh. 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 I suppose you're right. <laughs> and Thomas, sure enough, as you crest the hill, you see it. A decent-sized settlement. Not only that, there's a river running along the edge of the town. The settlement is full of adobe structures like the one in Golden Sands, but these are much more neatly constructed and colorful. There seem to be homes and stores, a park, and in the center of town, a massive multi-level steel structure that seems to have some sort of biomes inside. About half a football field in length, you see one of the floors houses faux grassy plains with large swaths of mud and is full of pigs. Above that, you see a layer chock full of faux rainforest canopy populated with tons of exotic birds. 
The layers go on and on with all manner of animal being housed in the six stories. However, the bottom floor seems to have been wrecked. The glass walls are shattered and there is a muddled mess of sand and what seems to be blood along the ground. You see some guards around the structure as regular folk bustle around the town. What do you do? Do they look like a noob buy? You can roll a, an investigation for me. Two. Uh, no, as far as you can tell, you don't see any noob buy. Thomas, there might be newbies in this town, so <laughs> be careful. What, that doesn't look good over there, Gary. What? What are? What is it they're guarding? That is that blood? Ostrogon enhanced vision. <laughs> Ostrogon uh, wakes up on the back of Tony the Pony. <laughs> Where? Let me see. <clears throat> <clears throat> Oh god, he's choking. He's choking. No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh. It looks to me like that structure is some sort of biome. As you can see, there are six levels. Some sort of sturdy metallic construction, glass walls. It looks like there's various uh, storage systems and tubes along the side. It seems to be dispensing, I would assume, nutrients of some sort. Uh, my best guess is simply that this is... Like a farm of some sort, or a zoo, some, something along those lines. Each one housing different uh, biomes to sustain different creatures. You see, there are the pigs there, the, uh, the birds above that, uh, those big scorpions, it looks like. The blood at the bottom? Oh, well, if, if I had to venture a guess, I would say it looks like it was some sort of accident. Hmm. It doesn't look intentional, at the very least. The glass is broken, the sand is strewn about. Well, that doesn't seem to be our problem right now. What do you say we go to uh, a nearby inn, Gary, and rest up? Uh, so we see a town surrounding this tower? Yeah, so the tower is in the middle of town. Okay. And all around it, you are currently like at the top of one of the sand dunes just outside of town. But yeah, there is a big town, and I mean, you can investigate, but there is ostensibly at least some version of just about anything you would want from a decent sized settlement. Uh, you got any money, Thomas? I don't know if we can sleep sitting in in. Uh, I do not have any money on me. Ostrogon, how much money do you have? I have two silver. Right. That gets you what? Gets you some troll fat gum, maybe? Oh, I love troll fat gum, especially the spicy one with the cayenne inside. Mm. <laughs> they still make that. <laughs> True. You would think 200 years later, in troll fat must have gone out of style, but I guess not. I have uh, an inkwell here. I could sell them that. Yeah. You, want, you want to sell them an inkwell? Maybe. Do you, do you know what the value is of your inkwell? I, I do not. I actually do not. It's probably like one gold at the most. I would probably say it's somewhere in the silver department, but who knows? Maybe there's kind people down there. Well, let's go down there and see if we can find a place to stay first and then worry about all that other stuff later. Oh, wow. Actually, Thomas. Yes, Gary? Yankwell will probably go for about 10 gold. Really? Yeah, from, uh, from now that I'm thinking back when I was buying supplies for a lawyer school. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember that was stuff wasn't cheap, you know. Oh, very good, Gary. Let's go down. <laughs> okay. There are three big places in town. There is what looks to be some sort of alchemist shop. There's a big, beautiful, fancy lettered sign that reads Carver's Concoctions. 
There is a uh, a big metal sign that seems to be for some sort of blacksmith, potentially general store that says from the earth in various multicolored metals. And then to the east side of the town, there is this huge big open tent or not tent, but um, canopy, I guess, like covering the ground. And you see lots of like little sleeping areas in there. It's a very, very hippie commune. Like here's this big open space that you can kind of sleep in. And uh, it has a big quilted sign that says comfy cots. Other than that, there are smaller residences around here and like small stores. So if there's anything in particular you guys want to see on your way into town, you go past the library, you go past like a smaller pawn shop, all sorts of little stores. So if you want to find any of those, you're welcome to. But these seem like big three businesses in town that catch your eye. A comfy cot sounds pretty good right about now. Yeah, but we got to get some money first. Well, we got an inkwell, Gary. It's ten. Ten gold. Yes, but you have to get the gold first, then you have to bargain. You're probably going to get about, like, what, six for it at the best? Uh, I'll just tell them it's worth ten gold, and hopefully they believe me. I can convince them. I don't know about any of you, but I could use a drink. With what money? We need that money for the inn. I don't know. Seduce someone. (laughs) Well, it looks a little... You know, on the lower end, Gary, when it comes to an inn, maybe they'll let us stay for free. After all, it's pretty much outdoors. Listen, I don't know what's permissible within the legal system. You guys are the experts. But back in my day, if if you needed something achieved that couldn't necessarily be bought, there were other services you could exchange. Mm, So you want to do that? Oh, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm married, so... uh... (laughs) And he's a pile of bones. I could just teleport back home. <laughs> Why don't you do it then? I mean, I will, but I won't be able to come back. We don't need you, Ostracon. You could go. Uh, Seriously? Well, I... No. Seriously? No. Mr. Mr. Bones? <laughs> well, you annoyed me a little bit earlier. I'm not going to lie, but... What did I do? You weren't much help with that case, were you? No. Well, I wasn't on trial, okay? I, I'm going to keep my promise. You will never get your hands on one of those hoagies. I promise you I will end your life before you keep me from my hoagies. I'm going to go lay down on one of those cots and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. It may be your last. Shut up. <laughs> Thomas is going to walk away towards the cops. <laughs> <laughs> and atop of Tony the Pony, Ostrogon does the, like, he puts two fingers to his eyes and then points at you as you ride away on Wade the Horse and come up to Comfy Cots. Uh, again, I cannot, like, understate how massive this, like, big tent is. If this were, like, in our world, this would probably be, like, a nice little apartment complex worth of area, but instead it's just these big sleeping areas on the ground. And you see there's, like, a little round desk in the middle, and there is a giant yellow slug person in a vest and reading glasses. And you intuit that that is likely the person you need to speak to in order to book some services here. Are there any empty cots around? You see a number of areas lying around. There are the rugs and bedding and everything that are, like, laid out. There are some people sleeping. There are other people just kind of hanging out. And then you see a couple of locations throughout that seem like they could be set up but are currently not. I will walk up to one and lay down in it. Uh, without any bedding or anything? Yeah. Okay, are you just doing it casually? Yeah. Okay, let's uh, roll a little perception check over here. Okay, um... The giant yellow slug person is very invested uh, in a little booklet and 
Thomas, out of the corner of your not eyes, you catch the title. It reads Orc Daddy's Volume 2. And this person just seems very enthralled and does not see you lay down. Hmm. They're not very perceptive, are they? <laughs> I'm going to lay down and rest. <laughs> okay. Ah. Lovely cot. You lay down and you stare at the ceiling and you begin trying to meditate as uh, <laughs> as you learned the other day. Gary, what are you doing? Well, Ostragon, is this something that you wanted to do? Well, like I said, I'd like a drink, but yeah, I don't have much gold on me. Mm, and I am also naked right now. Ostragon looks at you and he goes, It just wraps around you so many times, it looked like clothing to me. It's very impressive, Mr. Bogbile. Your wife is a very... I don't even know if she's lucky, but your wife is certainly a lady. <laughs> Why don't we go and get you some, some clothes somewhere, yeah? I don't have any money. Oh, we can we can charm our way, can't we? Maybe you can conjure up clothes? Hmm. I could probably conjure some clothes. Perhaps now's a good time for a lesson, Mr. Bogbile. Ah, perfect. Master Ostrogon. I do like the sound of that. <laughs> now, Mr. Mogbile, this is perhaps a, a little ways down the road. It's, it's a complex conjuration spell. And Ostrogon pulls out a little replica of a chest from his pocket. And he says, Mr. Mogbile, are you familiar with the planes of existence? Um, no. Okay. This is going to be more work than I thought. <laughs> You see, we live on something called the material plane. It is tangible. And he starts touching you. He, like, pulls on your cheeks. He slaps Tony on the butt. Uh, and he says, you see all these things? We can feel them. They exist on this realm. However, there is this other realm just above it that is uh, more intangible but connected. We call it the ethereal plane. Now... We can talk about planes all we want. Uh, there are very many, and there are people who spend their whole lives devoted to researching the ethereal plane, the astral plane, the planes between planes. But what you need to know is that as a wizard of conjuration, the ethereal plane is one of your best friends. It is the best place to hide things so that they no longer exist in this physical realm, but can be recalled. And he touches that little replica of the chest that he brought out. Gary is scratching his head with his finger. He puts his hands on his hips and he turns around to Tony's like, you writing this down? Tony is very, very diligently scribbling it. You see, he has a little pen in his mouth uh, and he doesn't have a notebook though. So he's just writing notes on his like arm uh, and it is covered. Like Tony has a full sleeve right now. And then as Ostrogon touches that little replica of the chest, you see right in front of him, another chest appears, a full-size chest. And he unlocks it and he opens it. You see a bunch of dust fly off of it and he goes, Oh my, Mr. Mogbile, I haven't recalled this in quite a while. That rhymed. And uh, he reaches into the chest and he pulls out this... What is that thong? <laughs> he pulls out a gorgeous gold lame thong. <laughs> And he goes to give it to you, and he goes, Well, this isn't going to cover anything. <laughs> I miss you, David. And then he reaches into the chest again and pulls out this big, beautiful fur leather coat. It goes all the way down to the ground. It's it's leather, and then it has, like, that collar of fur in beautiful exotic patterns. And he says, Mr. Mogbile, this used to get me all the goblin ladies back in the day. It would be my honor to bestow it upon my pupil. Oh, wow. 
I, I'm I'm really touched. Um, we got something for like summer wear because like it's good for nighttime, but uh, during the day this is gonna fucking you know. I have a lot of bathing suits in here, but with your kind of package, it's uh you demand some extra coverage. I, oh I could, yeah, Europe European style. Listen, we could maybe like cut the sleeves off. Uh <laughs> Okay, it's uh you know. It's a, it's a very punk look to match my new uh, pigment, but uh, go for it. Okay. Uh, he pulls out little scissors from the chest and a seam ripper, and he very carefully undoes the seams. So he doesn't break the sleeves, but more so he just cleanly removes them and folds them and puts them back in the chest, and he goes, Look at you, Gary. Oh my god. I feel eight years old again. Oh, Tony the Pony <laughs> whistles. Man. Elizabeth saw me now. You got some sunglasses to go with this? Only the ones I'm wearing. <laughs> uh, they give me plus 23 AC. <laughs> oh my god. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Only plus 18. And then he goes, All right, ooh, wait, just the thing. Uh, and he reaches into the chest again. And he goes, <laughs> My old journals. Look at this, Gary. Oh, my old, old manner of spells here. You, you need a spell book, Gary. Oh, okay. Here. And he hands you this, like, pocket size book. It doesn't have very much paper in it, but the leather is like beautiful. It's almost a hardcover. It is worn and patina. Do you see like scratches and just that aging that fine leather gets? And he gives it to you and he says, well, I, I've been locked up in there for so long. I haven't used any of these things, but please, uh, most important thing for a wizard is your spell book. If you lose this, you lose your magic, essentially. You're going to have to uh, write everything back down. It's a whole pain in the ass. It costs a lot of money to transfer it, so take good care of it. Hell, keep backups. I have plenty of them all over the place. Um, but I think we can start with a couple of spells. And he pulls out these more worn journals that seem to be filled out, and he says, I have plenty of knowledge to give to you. And Gary's eyes widen as they scroll down the list of spells. Tony, make sure you get this. And Tony goes, <laughs> and begins writing. Tony's going to be covered in spells. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we fast forward a few hours and Tony is covered in glowing runes. And his yeah. eyes are blue. <laughs> his hair is standing up. <laughs> his, his mane is now blue fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as Thomas, you begin trying to meditate. What do you reflect on as you meditate? Because you are just bones now, to the average unperceptive person, there is just this little mahogany coat laying on the ground and a pile of bones. You're not even necessarily like connected while you're resting, and you're just resting there with your skull staring up at the ceiling. Where does your mind go? <laughs> on gaining health back. <laughs> yes, you may long rest. Ah. <sighs> Other than that, I suppose I will reflect on whatever the hell Jessica did not too long ago. That wasn't very nice. That wasn't very cool. That's why I demoted her. Not a very truthful individual. It takes several hours for you to be able to do this. But as you meditate on the day's events and you reflect on Jessica and that weird court and its odd ways of attempting to dispense justice, you feel a presence. A warm presence. Oh, God. Because it is you and you are it, you know that you now have a link to Bahamut should you wish to have a conversation at this point Go in time. Go away. Okay. And <laughs> the presence leaves. <laughs> ah. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we cut back to Ostrogon and Gary, and you see Ostrogon is like sweating, wiping sweat away from his forehead, going, No, I haven't done those spells since I was a whippersnapper. <sighs> Good work, Mr. Mogbile. Oh. <laughs> Gary clenches his fists, and then you see he goes, and a glowing hand emerges from his chest and makes his way over to Ostrogon and like goes to shake his hand. <laughs> Thank you, Master. Ostrogon <laughs> with ease produces a mage hand as well from his chest, but like he's not straining at all and he shakes yours very firmly. Woof. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, there's Sleeping Beauty over there. Um, should we just, should we see what's going on or should we uh, rest for the night and then have a look. I will leave it up to you. I've expended a number of spell slots, so it may be useful to recharge. Uh, again, I'm open to having a drink. Hmm. Well, then, yeah. Let's see. Where would the bar be? Well, perhaps the alchemists. Sometimes, you know, brewing potions, brewing drinks, brewing coffee. They, they all share some qualities. Let's uh, go take a gander. But... I want to see what kind of gods we're dealing with here. Maybe we shouldn't stay here any longer. You want to do a little sweep? Yes, a little broomage. Ooh, okay. A little comb. Oh my, Mr. Bogbile, this is <laughs> so much fun. I haven't done field work in ages. Uh, I'm, I am rather sorry about abandoning you back at the court case. Well, we're here where we are now, and I can't thank you enough for all this this book, these, uh, these powers. I feel like... Uh, can finally prove to the world uh, what goblins are truly capable of. Let me tell you, I think Grizzabeth will be very pleased with the mage hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, because she already likes the mage legs, so uh, <laughs> I hope that she... <laughs> but honestly, I'm really scared to go back to Grizzabeth after if she sees me like this, you know. Gary, life is an adventure. We all change with time. If she truly loves you, for who's in here? And he puts two fingers on your chest, he says. Well, as, as far as I know, you're still the same, right? I don't know. Been feeling not myself since that happened. How do you mean? Uh, I feel like I've lived another, another life before this, you know? But, like, I know I've heard that theory, but I actually feel it. Like, I feel like I've lived this other life, and... I get pissed off as much as any asshole, but, like, lately, uh, I really kind of, like, I get aggressive, and, and I kind of like it, too. I feel like, you know, I'm reverting back to my, my, what my dad used to do a lot, you know? There's, my dad was more of a, a bandit, I'm feeling those urges. Ostrogon frowns, and he says, Mr. Mogpile, our kind, we have reputations. Whether we earn them or not, well, that's not for me to say. I like to think that we as individuals choose our path. We choose who we become. Certainly, it is only natural for us to feel rage sometimes, and for it to manifest in uncontrollable ways. Hell, it's, it's why I've been locked up for as long as I have. But I think what makes us people is the ability to choose. We all make choices, but in the end, our choices make us. Precisely. I agree with you. I don't want what I was born as to dictate my fate. I want to choose my own fate. You and I have only just recently met, but it seems like you've really built something. I would encourage you to fight. Maybe not literally, but 
in some way to maintain that. I think you are a good man, Mr. Mobile. And I know life is difficult. It kicks us down, it certainly does, but who who would we be if we stooped to their level? I don't know how good I am, like, kind of, you know, thinking about it, like, well, Grizzabeth, you know, she's just at home waiting for me. She doesn't know where I am, what's going on. I haven't checked in with her at all. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't be uh, doing this, you know? Well, what if I get seriously... You know, I could have died. What would Calvin do then? We can go back anytime, Mr. Mobile. Although I do find it rather noble. Your pursuit for the truth and justice for your friend. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I have the bravery to do what you're doing. Or at least, I didn't when it mattered. When I had people, our kind. We don't live very long. You I found a way. <laughs> I certainly did. But sometimes I wonder why I do it. Sometimes it feels like I'm just living out of fear of death. Because everyone I cared about, everyone who ever knew me, everyone, everyone I ever had, they are long dead. You see Tony looks like really sad as he kind of like kicks the dirt a little bit with his uh, glowing eyes. Yeah, he cries a lava tear. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, not Tony, Ostrogon. Uh, <laughs> and Ostrogon says, I understand there were different times, but in the interest of my own survival, I sold out many people I cared for. Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's... I guess that's in the past. It is. All this is to say that, Mr. Mogbile, we all make mistakes. Just make sure whatever your regrets are going to be, make sure they're worth it. Well, I suppose we should see if uh, we're leaving Thomas here in a dangerous place, so let's do a quick sweep first. Absolutely. Roll an investigation check for me. Uh, 10. So you guys stroll around the town and you don't really meet any resistance. You see a number of, again, stores. You see Carver's Concoctions from the Earth. You go past Comfy Cots. Uh, you go past that big structure in the center of town and that is where you see the most guards. Standing by that building, you see a hill giant, a goblin, and a human all dressed in... Like, you're used to seeing reclaimers, usually, in some sort of, like, standardized uniform. They almost look like they're in more casual, like, old-school, like, guard uniforms. But you can tell, yeah, they're guards, based on the way they're behaving around the area. Uh, they're just kind of keeping an eye out around that lower level. And then you see a little building off somewhere called Pertinue's Workshop. And then past that, toward the northern end of town, you see a big tent, which, because of your experience you recognize is some sort of funky, most likely, courthouse. It is a big purple tent, kind of like the comfy cots, but there is a pillow in the middle and other pillows like laid out around like as seats, but they're set out like you could tell where the jury is supposed to be seated and where the bench is supposed to be. And so, yeah, it looks like a really laid back court, which catches your eye, but there's nothing going on there at the moment. He kind of taps Ostrogon with the back of his hand. It's like, hey, you, yes. you see that? Yes. You're not going to believe this, but that, that, that kook house right there, that's, that's a courthouse. <laughs> You're shitting me, really? <laughs> the big purple fucking thing. <laughs> what, what, what are they going to sentence me? A, a circle of kumbaya? <laughs> uh, well, 
looks like the guards are, you know, diverse, which is a nice thing to see. And uh, there's a different court here, so maybe we won't run into any trouble here. Uh, I want to check out what's going on with the tower there, but if you want to drink first or after... Uh... Um, up to you. Should we, should we perhaps go... Uh fetch Mr. Phelps? Should we save this for the morning, maybe? Uh, you want to get a drink and then... Sure, let's let's go get a drink. We're halfway there. Half man, half dog. I am a mog. Okay. What is that? Half fish, half duck. I'm a. This, this is the halftime pad with Nikki B. Hey, it's you, my favorite you. Okay, how you doing? How are the kids? Just kidding. I, I, I mean, you can tell me. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't mind an advice column, actually. But This is just an ad, and we're trying to get you in and out as soon as possible. So here we go. Although, you, you can message me if you if you really want advice. You know, we could do a little advice thing. But okay, getting ahead of myself. Here we go. Okay. Do you love Dungeons & Drimbus? How about D&D? Huh? You ever heard of a little video game called Hades? That's right. Hades. Well, do I have news for you. There's a little podcast called Rogue Runners, and it features a bunch of the Drimbus crew you know and love, like myself, Giancarlo, Amanda, Michael, and Toe Zaman. You know, Hardlock from Deliverance Season 1. Yes, it's an actual play where you'll hear us expand on the world of Supergiant's fabulous game, with some improv fan fiction about a group of lowly shades trying to escape the underworld. But don't take my word for it, I'm just some asshole. Here's the trailer. Love actual plays DD, Hades, or Greek mythology and improv, be sure to check out Rogue Runners Volume 1 in the Blood to follow the adventures of Alexander the Great, King of Macedon, and Drunk Paladin. Oh, sorry. I guess now I'm Alexander the Grump. Rolf, part time sorcerer, full time boomer. Is it a sex thing? It was a sex thing! Arete, stealthy rogue and even thirstier mobster. Mm, have you bathed and brought to my tent? And Annie, legendary bard and chocolate milk fanatic. Together, these four wretched shades will battle their way out of hell for another chance at life, with a little help and hindrance from gods and monsters alike. Word of advice when you're opening up these things, you're supposed to say, Olympus, I accept this message, in some really serious voice. Take your place among the living again. Your tactics are adept, if too elegant for my tastes. My dear, saying no is never a crime. <laughs> you hit like a philistine. You're not getting out of here alive, wretches. A pinky promise? A double pinky promise. When you die, you'll have to tell me all about it. 
Rogue Runners, an actual play audio drama made during the pandemic, all while maintaining proper social distancing. And I'll follow at a six-foot distance. How about a five-foot distance for D&D purposes? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, so if you want to hear more of us playing D&D, Improv and Together, or our fabulous sound design, go check out Rogue Runners. And the best part is, Season 2 of In the Blood is dropping right now. So you can binge the story up till now and catch up in time to hear the real good stuff. And now we gotta do it to them. Let's give them a big juicy thanks to our patrons. Thank you, John Mitchell. Thank you, Jerry Benetados. Thank you, Victoria Madrid. Thank you, Greta Benier. Alejandro Lopez. Thank you. Thank you, Ace Andrews. Thank you, Thomas Murphy. Emrys Craig. Thank you so much. Regina Russell. Thank you. Lazy Tortoise. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Morgan Holly. Thank you. Salty. Little, little thank you for you. Evie Power. Take you. Thank you. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Evie Power. Adrian Bundy, thank you. Sam Olivos, thank you. And Jordan Cobb, thank you very much. All right, so let's hear the boys get into trouble. I can't wait. So you guys head through town, you ride Tony the Pony, and the magic is wearing off on him. So he kind of floats through the town for a little bit, and then slowly comes down as like the glow comes off, uh, and he chills out a little bit. His mane is still like blue fire right now, but it's slowly dimming down. And you guys arrive at Carver's Concoctions, and you see that big fancy sign with the, the cursive, beautiful lettering. And it is this very like, imagine a Western saloon, but if you designed it in like a modern minimalist style almost so there are saloon double doors but they're very very plain kind of like reclaimed wood in like perfect little rectangles and as you walk in you see an asimar behind the counter so an asimar is essentially it's a kind of angel so it is this person with dark ultra tanned leathery skin like those people who are out in the sun like way too much to the point where they become jerky okay they have silver hair these little round glasses, big, big white feathery wings coming out of the back. And then you see these tiny white short shorts and that's the only thing they're wearing. And as you walk in, he's kind of polishing up a glass. You see all manner of things along the back wall of the bar. So you see potions in flasks. You see what is clearly some sort of coffee machine and a bunch of bags of beans. 
you also see a bunch of bar gear and various bottles of liquor. And as he's polishing up one of the glasses, he turns around and he says, Welcome to Carver's Concoctions. I'm Dr. Carver, full-time potion seller, part-time bartender, and for the ladies, an all-night heaven sender. What can I do for you? Well, master, I'll have what you have. Oh, well, uh, certainly. Hello, uh, Mr. Carver. Dr. Carver. And, oh, uh, Dr. Carver. <laughs> Hello. Hi. What would you, uh, would you recommend, my friend here, Mr. Mark Bile, and uh, Anthony, get in here. And uh, Tony the Pony was, like, waiting by the door listening and comes in and goes, I don't normally let horses in the bar, but all right. Point is, we are just passing through town and we're hoping to have a good time. What have you got for us? Well, it depends what you're in the mood for, really. I have potions, all manner of effects, if you're looking for something useful. Uh, I also have uh, various... Ooh, I've, I have some beans from the far-off lands of fantasy Nicaragua. <laughs> I don't know why they put fantasy in front of it, but whatever. Um, and then, uh, also, of course, you know, any sort of drink. What do you want? A sex on the beach? A, a French 75? Whatever you'd like. Well, fantasy hell if I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Mugbile, what, what do you like? What are you in the mood for? You you want a trip on some potions? You, <laughs> you, you want a little shot of espresso? You want to uh, perhaps get a little crunk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I never party with a wizard before, but... Uh, and then he whispers like close to Oscar, like, what's the plan? Are we paying for this? <laughs> Are we paying for this? Well, I mean, hopefully not. And Dr. Carver is just staring at you through the little glasses. Like, they're super small and round, but they magnify his eyes. So that it's just like his pupils. And he's blinking at you through them. And he goes, what are you whispering about? I'm not sure what the... Which, what do you recommend? I like the potions. <laughs> Fun effects. I see, yeah. That sounds fun as long as they don't kill me. Oh, well... I mean, I could make one that killed you, but I mean, unless that's what you want, I'm not going to give it to you. I have the opposite, actually. I have potions of healing, if you're interested. Uh, uh, I also have lots of uh, more experimental potions. You know, a little bit of everything. A little coffee, a little drink, a little magic. Uh, Gary uh, turns his head slowly to Ostrogon and raises an eyebrow. Why don't you tell us more about that? (laughs) Well, it just kind of... um, How do I put this? It unlocks your mind. You drink it, and you get to experience things. It's it's unique to each individual, but I've heard people come out of it feeling much more, uh, more experienced, more well-lived, more capable. Mm, this sounds really dangerous, but it also sounds kind of fun. Uh, now, when you say experiences, what do you mean? Well... It's whatever you want, but, like, not in the way that you get to pick what you want. It's more like your soul really just sees what it really desires deep down inside. Mm. Uh, It's a spiritual exploration, really. (laughs) Science is wonderful. Okay, Astrogan, if things get too wild, just take us home. Yeah, okay. Can we have three of those? Yeah. Uh, well, that'll just be. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What is the price on these? Give me one second. He starts flipping through a book. And he goes, "Okay, for three, that will be five hundred gold pieces." <clears throat> <clears throat> yes, Mister Markbile. Uh, what do you want me to do? I don't know. Do something. You're the adventurer. Uh, he. <laughs> Shit. So let's do a search. Gary's darting his eyes around the room. 
searching for a way to distract the glasses. Yeah. Yeah, roll that search for me. 17. You don't necessarily see anything too out of the ordinary here. If you're just looking to cause a commotion, I mean, if the shelves were to break, it would cause a mess in here. But you also realize that because the magic stuff is there, it could have very volatile effects also. Yeah, my alignment's preventing me from getting too wild here, so, uh, I don't know, Ostrogon. It isn't really worth... uh, Sorry, sir, I don't think I have... It's it's okay, it's it's really meant to be for, like, you know, the the highest of high class. Yeah. Oh, man, it would give you so much experience, though. Like, a lot of experience to, like, you know... Man, it really takes it takes your life to the next level. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, what, can I get you something else instead? You want some tequila, boys? Oh, uh, what's the... Something burning? And uh, Gary under the table waves his hand and a, a bonfire appears like, <laughs> in the back room. Ostrogon, you see, he knows what you're doing. You, By the look in his eye, you know that he has pulled this trick before, too. And he puts a hand over his mouth and, like, <laughs> tries to stifle a laugh. Roll a deception for me. Oh, shit. Oh. Two. Do you think I was born yesterday, son? You put that... Put that fucking bonfire out right now. No, I'm sick. Put it out. Oh, oh, that. Sorry, I didn't Mm -hmm. know. Hey, hey. And he looks at Ostrogon. Get your son in order. And (laughs) Ostrogon is trying really hard not to laugh. He goes, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Dr. Carvelation, I'm very sorry, but Gary, that was a good one. And he he puts a hand out to give you five. I high five him. Come, come on, Carver. Come on. Yeah, I look at Carver and I go, you gotta admit, it was pretty funny, and I'm casting hideous laughter on... <gasps> you asshole. <laughs> okay, how does that work? A creature of your choice that you can see within range perceives everything as hilariously funny and falls into fits of laughter if this spell affects it. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or fall prone, becoming incapacitated and unable to stand up for the duration. Okay, what does he need to beat? Yeah, the save isn't that high. It's a 13. Okay. Are you shitting me? He rolls a 12. Oh my god. So Dr. Carver looks at you through the little glasses and you see his pupil get big and then it starts to get watery and he goes, Okay. Uh, He bangs his head on the table on the way down and he just keeps laughing. You set the the bonfire! And... Gary with a mage hand scoops three bottles and like over the counter and brings it to Ostrogon and him. Now Gary, this is what we call a dining dash. <laughs> and he pops the bottle and downs it like a shot oh. and throws it on the ground and starts running out the door. And he's flailing his arms. Tony grabs the other bottle in his mouth and, goes, and looks at you to be like, what do I do? Gary toasts him like, bottoms up. Okay, he downs it and begins running out with you. And as you begin running out the door, everything goes slow motion. You 
you are running. You see the exit of the saloon. You are running behind Ostrogon. Suddenly, Ostrogon turns into a big amoeboid. He's running in front of you. You guys exit through the doors, and you are outside. But instead of the town, you step onto this giant tongue. And on the tongue staring down at you is the Cyclops from Sapir, furrowing its brow and looking at Tony and you on his tongue. He curls it and you get swallowed into the mouth. You fall down and then suddenly you hear this like thumping music. The lights are purple and you feel like you're floating inside of some warm liquid, like you are equal density with it just floating. Gary is zero gravity racing the roof. <laughs> and the roof, it raises and then it keeps flying away from you infinitely. You see a million Tony the Ponies surrounding you in circles. And then Tony the Ponies begin changing shapes and they turn into Grizzabeths. Infinite numbers of Grizzabeths all dancing on poles, doing little circles. But then Grizzabeth begins to morph. She changes into the appearance of the woman that you remember from the dream you had, the nightmare you had, that random lady, no, not the random lady, Meredith, Meredith, your wife. Man, Meredith. You see the, the infinite Merediths as they run and they come to hug you and they envelop you and they begin clashing into one another like a kaleidoscope as the world extends and shrinks and grows. You hear the sound of a mine as little twingas begin doing cartwheels all over the place. You see Dot looking at you and she's smiling, but through her hollow eyes you hear, Why didn't you save me, Gabe? What? I'm, I'm, like, I'm doing my best. You're in a stone right now. I'm gonna bring you back. You let me die, Gabriel. I love you. And as you say, I love you. Dot's face has morphed into Meredith's, but it is not a sane Meredith. It is zombie Meredith with the glazed-over eyes and the bloody mouth. As this black fumes pour out of her infinite number of mouths and come into your nostrils, you get overtaken by this incredible, overwhelming laughter. I love you. I love you. Why didn't you save me from Mark? You see the many Merediths shrink and it goes to black. There is nothing. You are just in this massive hurricane of that black vapor that you, Fulmar Shepherd, you need to breathe that vapor to stay alive. You swim in it as you try to fight off the poison coursing through your veins and you breathe it in and you see a goblin. You don't know his name, but you see him. He's trying to take your staff and he takes it and he breaks it no. and it explodes. Give it back. And you feel the smoke leave your lungs as you somehow see yourself, your own spirit, exit and enter the goblin and enter his body. Suddenly, you are Gary. You are Gary, but you are also Fulmar. You are existing in two brains, in two places at once. Simultaneously, you see all of your lives like a fast-forwarded movie playing all at once. And you see Ostrogon before you doing frickin' Doctor Strange hand signals as these glowing runes glow everywhere. And a million Tony the Ponies the size of your pinky fly around like butterflies. And suddenly, Gary, you wake up. <gasps> you are on top of a sand dune, passed out with a sweaty, sweaty Ostrogon and Tony, 
and Thomas is standing over you, slapping your face with a skeletal hand. Hey, Gary. Hey, hey, you're uh, having a bad. Wake uh, up. Wake up. Uh, what? The, what the uh, hell are you three doing out here? What the fuck am I wearing? Gary, you are in a big purple feathered hat, <laughs> and you are in this tiny red sports bra, <laughs> and these big, like, parachute black leather pants, and stiletto heels. Yeah. <laughs> Gary. Do you do you have something to tell me, Gary? It's okay. I mean, I, I'm fine with that. Just you know, if you want to, you know. Thomas, you get shorter. What? What are you talking about? Gary looks down at his six-inch heels. Gary looks down at his <laughs> six-inch heels, and you feel incredibly powerful smart and powerful. <laughs> the heels have given you power. They've given you so much power that you level up and learn some new spells. <laughs> That's how you tie it in. <laughs> And Ostrogon just wakes up and he's like, I needed coffee. What did you all do last night? We were studying. <laughs> Am I right, I, Mr. Mokbar? <laughs> I haven't gotten in that much trouble since I was in high school. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do you remember anything? You were there. And Thomas, you were there. Uh, and Tony, you were there. And all your cousins. <laughs> All 999,999 of them. Tony has grown a little mustache. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Tony, you tripped too. <laughs> you are all drunk or high or both. The innkeeper has been looking for you all evening. What the hell happened? Why was the innkeeper looking for us? Yeah, we didn't pay. or You didn't even pay. Oh, not the innkeeper. The bartender. He's been oh, looking for you. Oh, that guy. Well, yeah. well, we're currently 1,500 gold in the hole. So. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Yeah, if, if he catches us. Exactly. It's fine. 1,500? We don't have that money. What were you two thinking? Tony, why didn't you stop them? <laughs> Tony's eyes are bloodshot. <laughs> Tony, it's on you if they have to pay that much. We're selling you first. <laughs> <laughs> he shrugs at you. <laughs> exactly. As long as we don't run into that guy, we'll be fine. I guess we have to leave then, so we don't run into him. I mean, he's probably asleep now, right? What time is it? Well, when we got here, it was the crack of dawn on Saturday. And it's the next morning, so I guess it's Sunday, like 8 a.m.? How long were we out? Do you remember anything? What What did you dream about? You were there, and you were there, and you were there. And there were hoagies, and also Samantha. Mm. He looks at you like as if you're supposed to know who Samantha is. Yeah, Samantha. You remember Samantha, Gary? I have no idea who that is. You're wearing her clothes. <laughs> Please don't tell me I slept with a troll. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we were just, uh, we were playing Truth or Dare, and I kept daring you to swap clothing. Oh. I think, at least that's what I saw in my experience. I don't even know if that was real. Right. Anyway. Gary, um, could you put your normal clothes on so we could get out of here? Sure, but they're not that normal. He puts on the sleeveless fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Tony, I don't know. You want the heels? He takes them and he puts them on his two front hooves. <laughs> I like that. This hat is good because the sun's out right now, so I'll keep that sports bra. It does, you know, I feel supported, so I'll keep that as well. Do you think we should go check out that bio thing? That's That was what I was going to do, yeah, but uh, now we all got to, you know. Uh, now, Thomas, you are a walking skeleton. Right. So 
Just keep the hood over you. You know, you can be a mysterious old traveler, whatever. All right. What are we doing exactly? We're going to go investigate the big glass thing that you asked me about. Yeah. Oh, God, my head hurts. For what purpose? Just in case. Uh, in case of what? I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. We don't have to, like, you know, solve the town's issues or whatever. But Time is know. not exactly on our side here. We do need to get a move on and who knows what Jessica has sent behind us if anything at all so I wouldn't linger too much we need some gold don't we I I suppose we do need gold listen and he grabs you by the vertebrae I guess and he draws your skull onto his forehead and he goes Mr. Phelps I don't know what you know about the West Coast, but they're a bunch of rich bitches, okay? <laughs> you think you're going to get anywhere in Mallow and Shoals without money? <laughs> you got another thing coming, buddy. What do you know about the West Coast, Ostrogon? You've never been here. I know stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I do suppose we need gold, so we could see if they have any work for us temporarily and then get a move on. That sounds good. Um, shit. But now we owe them a lot of gold so yeah uh, that's right exactly so we might not get very far well we could always just skip town entirely let's just take a peek and if it's you know if it ain't worth the time we'll just keep going I will sell that pony if we have to. Tony goes, he lifts a hoof up at you and you just see one of the heels sticking up at you and it kind of feels like he's flipping you off (laughs) could sell this these heels maybe unless you really like him Tony He's very chill right now. He's like, I could take it or leave it. All right, shall we? Yeah, let's just have a little look first. And yeah, keep it. Don't let anyone see that you're a skeleton. We should be right. fine. Right. All right, where do you want to start? Uh, the place with the blood would be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are on the outskirts of town and you ride back in. Thomas, you woke up a few hours ago. You wandered around town for a bit. You don't need to eat, so you weren't really hungry. But you just kind of sat and people watched. And then you were like, where the fuck are these people? And it took you hours before you finally saw, like, the little bodies lying on the sand dune. So you head back in. You're kind of familiar with the layout now. And you know how to get to the big tower. And sure enough, you arrive. And you see the same three guards out there. You see the hill giant, the goblin, and the human. All standing around. And there's that kind of wrecked lower level. Gary, as second in command to this law firm, I'm going to have to have you do the talking on this one since I can't really reveal myself too much. So Gary walks up to the goblin guard and goes, what's going on, big guy? Oh, hey. Hey, uh, just curious what's, what's going on here with this tower and the blood. What's What happened there? What, the biohedron? You new to town? Yeah, we're new in town. Oh, okay. Uh, well, what do you want to know? We we had a bit of an accident here. Yeah, tell me a bit about that. How What happened? How does this tower thing work? Uh, oh, wait. Perfect timing. Pertinue can tell you. He points behind you, and coming from out of town, you see a Fearbolg. The Fearbolg is dressed in these long white and pink, not wizard robes, but almost like a lab coat that stretches all the way down to the ground, mm-hmm. little rectangular glasses, and the Fearbolg comes out and says... Yes, what can I do for you? Oh, hey. Um, we were just curious about this tower thing. We're new in town. We wanted to know what it does and why is there a pool of blood there? Oh, the Biohedron. It is my greatest creation. What's it do? It is able to perfectly sustain life and recreate any sort of biome, as you can see. Uh, we use it for... You seriously don't know about the Biohedron? Where do you live? Under a rock? Uh, well, we're traveling, yeah, and so we... I wanted to know more about this town and... It is a revolution in agriculture. 
you see we create this beautiful uh, hedron. We have six different spheres. Well, five at the moment after the accident. Bastard. Anyways, point is we are cultivating the, the crop or the livestock right now. This is the absolute purest, highest quality, non-magical animal meat you can get anywhere in the realm. So all that uh, blood is uh, like uh, is dinner, I guess? Uh, it was alpacas, the... Uh, and then suddenly you feel a terrible rumbling beneath your feet. You assume this has got to be some sort of earthquake because of how incredibly strong it is. And the fear bold mid-sentence just goes... <gasps> It's back! This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps and Nicholas Benetados as Gary Markbile. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited by Michael Pisani and Giancarlo Herrera with sound design by Nicholas Benetatos. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash drimmers. All patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimmers, where we discuss behind-the-scenes and secrets, free exclusive merch, and the chance to create items for the campaign or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons and Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. If you love actual plays D&D, Hades, or Greek mythology and improv, be sure to check out Rogue Runners Volume 1 in the Blood to follow the adventures of Alexander the Great, King of Macedon, and Drunk Paladin. Oh, sorry. I guess now I'm... Alexander the Grump. Rolf, part-time sorcerer, full-time boomer. Is it a sex thing? It was a sex thing! Arete, stealthy rogue and even thirstier mobster. Mm, have you bathed and brought to my tent? And Annie, legendary bard and chocolate milk fanatic. <laughs> Together, these four wretched shades will battle their way out of hell for another chance at life, with a little help and hindrance from gods and monsters alike. Word of advice when you're opening up these things, you're supposed to say, Olympus, I accept this message, in some really serious voice. 
Take your place among the living again. Your tactics are adept, if too elegant for my tastes. My dear, saying no is never a crime. <laughs> you hit like a philistine. You're not getting out of here alive, wretches. A pinky promise? A double pinky promise. When you die, you'll have to tell me all about it. Rogue Runners, an actual play audio drama made during the pandemic, all while maintaining proper social distancing. And I'll follow at a six-foot distance. How about a five-foot distance for D&D purposes? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Ah!